0: Welcome to B&B Financially Free, the podcast for ambitious individuals chasing financial freedom through buying short-term rental investments. We're your hosts, Chantal and Peter, and we're the founders of Good Neighbor Realty. Our brokerage has helped hundreds of people turn their active income into passive income by buying unique properties in incredible locations that are earning a ton of money. On this show, we'll bring on a diverse range of guests from industry experts to everyday people who have achieved extraordinary results in their short-term rental investments, businesses, and personal lives. Whether you're seeking tactical advice or trying to unlock your richest life, b Financially Free is here to join you on the journey. All right, and welcome to another episode of b and Financially Free. Today, I am so excited to have John Andrew in the house, virtually that is. Um, and John Andrew is going to talk to us all about this amazing company that he started called Wander. Um, John, why don't you start with telling us what Wander is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for for having me. I'm super, super stoked. Um, so effectively, what Wander is, is um, I, I think we've all had that that vacation rental experience where you go and you rent a place and it doesn't look like the photos or the beds are uncomfortable or the internet is bad. And so the whole idea with Wander is to standardize the operations and the distributions and bring a hotel-like brand to the vacation rental space. You know, in a fancy way, you can think about it like a verticalized platform. In a simple way, you can think about it like a distributed hotel. So that's that's really what Wander is.
0: I yeah, and I for anybody who hasn't checked out what Wander is, when you go on their platform, you're gonna see extraordinary homes throughout the country, and I think you guys at some point might be throughout the entire world. Um, But when I describe the homes on your platform, to me, they're super luxurious, they're super unique, they have great amenities, they're really nice and secluded. Um, And I really want to get into, you know, both the type of assets that qualify to be a Wander property, but I also can't wait to just hear about how you started this company. Um, For those that aren't familiar with you, you were Forbes 30 under 30. You have an extensive background in tech startup. Why don't you talk to us about what gave you the idea to start Wander and how long you guys have been around?
1: Absolutely. Uh, and you do, a, you do an incredible job describing, describing the homes and the properties. I, I may need to drag you into future, future conversations <laughs> uh, just for that. Um, no, I really appreciate it. It means the world. Um, yeah, my, my background, I think is a little bit unique. It's, it's definitely not traditional hospitality. Um, though I think when you understand who I am as an individual, it makes, makes much more sense. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been working in, in technology. For a really long time, started my first internet company when I was 13, 14, this little game server company, um, which was obviously a massive distraction from, from school, you know, having multiple employees and taxes and all the chaos related to it. It was, uh, a lot of fun.
0: You had um, taxes at 13?
1: Yes. Uh, oh, I remember, actually. <laughs> I remember, um, my pop, uh, he, he raised me and my sister, single dad, in- incredible man. Um I remember he came in, he's like, Okay, so like how's the like the business that you're working on going, right? Super supportive. And I'm like, it's going, it's going well. You know, we made whatever, like a hundred grand, you know, so far. And he's like, Okay, cool. Like we have to pay taxes. <laughs> like let me <laughs> let me introduce you to like my accounting firm. And um, that's also where I learned that professional services are very expensive. I think we spent all of our like free cash flow on accountants for like that year is like, you know, financials. Um, so not, you know, not great. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs learn how expensive accountants and lawyers are. Yes. So it's good to learn that at a young age. Um <laughs> and uh and yeah, from from there, you know, my, my childhood continued to be a little bit atypical. Um I ended up enrolling in high school online. You know, my pop would travel a lot for work and I wanted to spend the time with him. So got to travel all across the country and internationally. And that's really where I fell in love with hospitality, staying at these incredible you know, hotels and places and just meeting all types of amazing people. I mean, to say it simply, I like fell in love with this planet that we're on. I, th- I think it's just so magical in so many ways. And, uh, and then, yeah, during that time, one of the companies I, I had started ended up doing pretty well. It was a, a developer tool company. So we would move the development environment where a software engineer writes code to an organization's cloud infrastructure. You can kind of think about it like, Ah, uh, Google Docs, but for software engineers. Okay, and uh, and so that that company ended up doing well. We raised about forty five million dollars uh, from GGV Founders Fund, Redpoint, all the the big VCs, and a bunch of big enterprise uh, customers as well. And uh, and yeah, I ran that company as CEO from ages eighteen through twenty three. Uh so I was supposed to be partying and in college, and uh, instead was learning about enterprise software. Wow. Um, yeah it was it was a great experience um candidly, I think the thing that I'm most grateful for with it all um was the fact that like during those pretty formative years, the people I was surrounded with were just like incredible role models both in business and also in life um, and I realized that's like really really rare and um certainly something that I think like all parents should should try for their kids is to surround them with as many incredible adults as they can at, at a young age. It certainly had an impact on me. Um, but yeah, I ran, ran that company and then somewhere between the classic like Silicon Valley stuff, Teal Fellow, 30 under 30, um, all those shenanigans. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, uh, so I ran, ran that company, ended up stepping down. know, company had done really well and just felt like it was time and started Wander three months later. Um.
0: So how you know, the, old were you when you started Wander?
1: I was 23 at the time.
0: So you're 25 now?
1: I'm 25 now.
0: That's awesome. So back to, you know, when you should have been in college. I assume that you didn't go to college to start this company.
1: That's correct. Yeah, coder coder was more than a full-time job as you can imagine. Um so yeah, was didn't didn't go to school.
0: Well, that's like such a cool, it's such a cool story and just such a reminder that, you know, not everybody has the same path and you were even still able, you mentioned finding like a community. I think that that's something that's scary for people who maybe decide not to go to college to to pursue their dreams is that community aspect. How did you get plugged in with that community?
1: Yeah. I mean, speaking candidly, Building a company is a super lonely pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you at the end of the day are the one making your decisions. The people who you ins- have inside of the company, they're all your employees. And so by definition, your you know, friendship and relationships are very different. Um, and then also to, at least for me as an early entrepreneur, there was quite the age gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, I couldn't relate to things like having a mortgage or otherwise. Uh, so ironically <laughs> you did have now to do I, taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, it is it is lonely. And I think that's something that most business owners, you know, have. And of course, like many, many people, they say, like, you know, the most important people in their lives are their family, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is certainly super important. I, I don't think that I would have been able to function without like a really incredible like father and sister. Um, you know, in terms of the community, you know, I didn't have any connections to VC or Silicon Valley or any of those things. Like, I was just a kid with an internet connection. Um, and at the end of the day, th- what got me, like, quote-unquote noticed was really just, like, what what we built. Um, you know, when people saw coders technology and the platform and the usage, um, that's really what put us on the map. I mean, I didn't even have a LinkedIn, uh, at the time. Like it was like, I was like very, um, rough around the edges as a young CEO. Um, and so, you know, over time, as you build things and, you know, you operate yourself in a certain way and have certain ethics and, and handle relationships, you know, with grace, um, you know, who you are in this world, like people tend to gravitate towards it. You build your reputation and, you know, before you know it, you get to be in the room with some, some truly remarkable people. Um, but I still don't feel like I'm necessarily like plugged into the whole like scene. Um, you know, I just like, I just do what I do. I love my company. I love the product. Um, candidly, like I love, I love people. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's cool that, uh, it's cool that, that I've been able to work with, with so many incredible folks so far. So
0: that's amazing. And, you know, I, I feel like that too. Someone said this, you don't take care of things that you don't love. And they were talking about this from like a health standpoint, but I actually, this has kind of directed me into the type of real estate that I like to invest in. Um, just because intrinsically it's so much easier to take care of like an asset or a company that like you really love. And I think that you know, Wander is just this example of you intrinsically had like an interest in our world and traveling and the types of properties that you gravitate towards and you select are just so special. And so I would, I would love to hear more about, you know, when you created Wander, like at what point in your life, like, were you like, this is, I want to go all in on this. And what problem were you trying to solve with Wander?
1: Absolutely. So when I had stepped down from Coder, um, the first thing I wanted to do was go and get away, you know, rent a cabin, out in Colorado, you know, enjoy the fresh air. I think that's something you're very familiar with that idea. And um, yeah, I think that that happens for a lot of people, right. That there are like moments in their lives where they need to get away or they want to go on vacation or whatever else. And I think that's such a beautiful idea, right? Like you're basically like in, in the pursuit of happiness effectively. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's why you go on a trip. Like Mm -hmm. you're looking to find your happy place, like where you can have memories with your friends and family and, or even just be alone by yourself or whatever it is. I don't think anyone travels to have a bad time. Right. Um, not, not why we do it. And so, you know, when I had gone on that trip, um, like I'm a pretty like low key person, like I could sleep on the ground, like not a big deal. Um, you know, however, it's so like funny the,
0: seeing the properties that you have,
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> and knowing that it's a kid who, like, yeah, has no problem sleep like, on the ground. His nails and yeah, um, yeah. I'm certainly not a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm ser- certainly not not a. It's it's funny that you say that. Actually, it's really interesting. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like your properties are so bougie, and you're yeah, you're saying like oh, like you know, I don't I don't need a lot, so maybe. We'll unpack that another
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> I think candidly, it's because I love to give. Um, like I give my everything to like the company, to the team, to our customers, and so like I don't need a lot for myself. Candidly, like everything I have is more than enough. Um, but I do love to like spoil everyone around me, uh, including obviously like the customer. So I think that's what they get. They get like my imagination running wild. Um, but in in any event, you know, I think that was really it. Like the experience I had in Colorado, you know, wasn't that, and I thought there was the opportunity to, to create it, to unlock these magical places and, you know, operate them under a brand standard and, you know, distribute them to these customers who, I think that's probably a a big piece of it is that, you know, Wander has collected, I think we're about to pass, you know, over 200,000 users. You know, these individuals who love to travel to these types of places, to the, you know, beautiful modern home looking over the ocean or like a property like yours, right? Where it's like above this river. I mean, how cool. Like those types of places that inspire and excite. And so, you know, it's really like, you know, two sides of the same coin. One is incredible operations and amenities and upkeep. And then the other is, you know, access to these incredible locations for for customers that or in that pursuit of happiness,
0: yeah. And I love that Wander. It's find your happy place, right? Is your company slogan? That's really cool. Um, so let's talk about like what goes into creating a property that can operate as a Wander. Because you know something else about you guys is you know you're extremely selective, and you know it's almost like you guys are really bridging this gap because I think that there is this frustration from the consumer where, you know, sure an Airbnb and Verbo sounds great, but you just are taking a gamble at some level every single time. Like you're not sure if you're going to be staying with a great operator. You're not sure what to expect from like a quality standpoint. You don't know if there's going to be someone always available to help you kind of like what you would have in a nice resort. So, talk to us about what are the qualifications for your pro- for your properties to become part of the Wander portfolio?
1: Absolutely. Um, so, there's like a technical answer to this, and then there's like a, a more fun answer. Um, you know, the the technical answer, because I, I think your your audience would would be interested, is that Wander's an extremely data focused company. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we'll go through and effectively collect, um, and analyze every region across the United States and internationally that is profitable and and high income potential. And then within those regions, we'll go through and identify every existing short-term rental along with on-market and off-market opportunities that meet a certain quality threshold in terms of the home when it was constructed, views, amenities, those different dynamics that shortens it down to a pretty a pretty small you know hit list of of properties that are you know have a high enough revenue potential where Wander can afford to give it the level of care that we do, mm-hmm. um, and also of course you know quality. From a quality perspective, you know a lot of the attributes candidly are um, you know less defined. You're really looking for inspirational locations, um, places that really wow the person whether it's on the ocean or the beach or ski and ski out or um, again like your bridge house is super cool like above the river like how cool is it to stay in a house above a river like that's amazing like those types of destinations that are true experience for the customer Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you know for us we we have to operate with a certain level of you know fit and finish as well you know our guests are super demanding in terms of you know, the cleanliness and, you know, all those different pieces. And so we really, you know, push hard there and pride ourselves. Um, but that's really all that's, that's necessary. Um, you know, from there we can do a lot. So we can, we can go in, we can do, redo bathrooms or install furniture, install our technology, you know, amenities, all those different things. So, you know, all someone really needs is the bare bones. Obviously the more that they have in place, the, the easier it is um but all we need for us is is the bare bones and we we have a team who can who can do the rest and then you know from there it really feels it feels like a hotel um you know in the same way that when you go to the four seasons you know you have your amenity kit and your slippers and little chocolates like that's the exact same experience you get at a wander and you have consistent beds and sleeping across the whole portfolio and um it's just a, it's a really comforting feeling to go into a place and have it smell clean and the mm-hmm. sheets are crisp and you know, there's no photos of grandma above the, you know, <laughs> above the bed and yeah. everything else, you, you know, the house is for you. And you know, with the wander stamp of approval, you sort of know that, um, you know, there's like no serial killer like hiding in the closet. <laughs> uh, like this, this, this home is has been vetted. That, uh,
0: yeah, that so. is the key. Is like you just don't know walking into any short term rental like what you could find in the closets. And I, I love that this is bringing consistency to the space. Um, from a company standpoint, you know, you guys started by buying and acquiring all of your properties, and it seems now like. You know you're kind of transitioning from that. Tell me about how you started from like an acquisition standpoint and where you're moving into.
1: Totally. So with marketplaces, there's a a problem called the cold start problem. Um, It's really this like this idea that you need customers who then you know want to purchase inventory. Mm -hmm. Um, However, inventory only wants to sign up with a platform that has customers. And so you end up with this cold start problem, sort of like a chicken and the egg. My my big thesis was with, with Wander, candidly, really started with the customer dynamic, which was mm-hmm. if we could provide incredible destinations operated to this consistent standard and then build the technology and distribution platform. You can think about it like Wander has its own version of Airbnb
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that like, people would love that product and that it would have idea market fit and hopefully product market fit. And then of course people would enjoy it. Um, and then the next step is making sure the unit economics are positive and all those certain pieces. Um, the, the fastest way for us to get there was scaling on balance sheet. So mm-hmm. buying our first few locations, setting them up, creating that brand standard, and then launching those to our user base. Um, we saw really incredible product market fit right off the bat. Um, I think before we launched, we had you know 50,000 users on the waitlist, Those first few wow. locations booked out entirely. Um, and what we continue to see and, and continue to see to this day is like pretty remarkable outperformance relative to the market. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest way to think about it is like a Wander premium, and it's it's typically a boost of anywhere between you know 20 and 30 percent on occupancy, and you know pretty meaningful increase in an ADR relative to the market. And so, you know, as we we continued to scale on balance sheet, we reached the point in the portfolio where people had homes that were outside of our buy box and it didn't necessarily make sense to continue to scale on balance sheet. There are also of course, you know, headwinds that are attached to continuing to do so. You have interest rate headwinds and,
0: mm-hmm. and other
1: different pieces. And so, you know, we began in early 2023 to take on third-party properties who wanted effectively for us to operate them in that standard and the level of product market fit that we found with the owners of these assets was was pretty remarkable um i think even they were more excited once they like saw the results actually like kick in uh because you know very different than um than what you get you know operating outside of outside of the platform not to say that you can't operate your own your own product to wander standards and into its potential. Um, but it, it's just, it's, it's a lot of work and mm-hmm. and, and very atypical.
0: Yeah. And, and I so, think something that you guys have that's so special is just your dedicated user base too. Yeah. I mean, you know, you guys are, you're not, when we first met, I was like, Oh, this is like a property management um, company. And what I'm realizing now is that it's not, this is a third platform, just like, there's Airbnb and verbo now there's wander with its own dedicated base and I could see that just continuing to grow because it really is fi- filling a need in the space for consistency yeah. and high quality
1: for context we drive about 80 percent of our bookings directly through wander wow. and we have certain properties on the portfolio who solely you know list with wander so we're, we don't cross distribute um and, and those performance metrics are are the same so We've, we've spent a lot of time and invested a lot of resources into building an experience, you know, for the user that feels the same as Airbnb, where you can download the Wander app, browse properties, you know, check out, you have your profile, you have concierge, you have all these things. And it's a significant capital investment.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: and also, of course, too, like, it's where I'm like the best as a founder is like the software and the product and the design and like that experience as well and so yeah that's that's really like what makes wonder a little bit different i I think that if i was a traditional hospitality entrepreneur that 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 side of the equation would probably be a little bit different than than what we have today um so very feel very fortunate that that i um yeah, that that I have that that background, and and yeah, I would say that that that's really what results in Wander's outperformance. It's really mm-hmm. not just the quality of operations, but it's it's the dedicated technology platform and the marketing that stands behind it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so cool that you were able to integrate tech with your love for hospitality. Let's talk about you know some of your first couple of acquisitions, like how did you choose what properties you were purchasing? What price point do most Wander properties like fall within? And were investors feeling like they were getting a return on the real estate as well as maybe their investment into the tech portion of your company?
1: Yeah. So, we scaled. We scaled all on balance sheet. Really, just like we we raised venture capital for our first few rounds, uh, and scaled our number of locations with that and credit facility. Obviously, we started to add you know third party dedicated real estate investors at a certain point. Um, you know, in terms of our first few acquisitions, really it was all data based. I mean, the cool thing as a why now for this category, and this goes for any investor, is that you have tools like AirDNA, Key Data, mm-hmm. the list goes on and on. Um, yeah, I, I will. I will warn that you know you really have to do your own diligence beyond that data because there there can be a lot of a lot of noise. Uh, mm-hmm. So you kind of have to find the signal there. Um, But that's that's really how it started was like just basic underwriting of these assets. Now, with short term rentals, uh, you can get it pretty, pretty much down to a science, but not entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, So you, you really still need to be mindful. You know, I think for us, like Wander was the combination of proving positive unit economics, proving that these properties could yield cash flow very well, but also laying the foundation for you know this network of homes that we thought could be really meaningful. And so you kind of have this mix of the two. Like if you're purchasing from just a yield perspective, mm-hmm. it may make sense to buy something that's a little bit you know further behind mm-hmm. and bring it up to standards so you can get into a little bit of a higher yield versus for us, we wanted to buy incredible assets and then just ensure that they were operating profitably it was really, really our big goal. Um, and I'm proud to say that, like across the portfolio, like all of our assets are are profitable, which is is super cool, um, you know, and, and meaningful, meaningfully profitable. But it's certainly a lot of work. You have to be very specific, and even within that, there's a, a range for your buy box. You know, for okay. us, it would be anywhere between a million and a half and three and a half. Um, and obviously, the higher up that range you go, from a yield perspective. It gets more and more difficult. So mm-hmm. I would say to anyone who's listening, who's trying to craft a strategy, if you're looking for cash flow and yield, you know, buy things that take a little bit of work. You know, bring them up to standard. Focus on a lower cost basis. Mm-hmm. If you're focused on, you know, an inspirational portfolio or you know something that you want to hold on to for the next you know few decades, uh, then you can go you know a little bit up market, buy something that's. You know, in a great location, um, because at the end of the day, that's really what you're buying is is the underlying ground and, and the location that it's in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see that a lot. Like, we'll have investors that are strictly cash flow investors, and those might be the people that would fall into that buy box of you know between. 1.5 to 3 million or you know, even less um, in some areas around Colorado. And then you have other investors who are thinking about long-term growth. So they're positioning to have a property in a location that is just going to continue to cater towards a really high-level buyer. And so those are more equity buyers. And it seems like you guys actually have a mix of both in your portfolio today.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I would say the majority of, of our owners really are just long-term holders. This is an asset that, that they feel very passionate about. It's in their portfolio and then they're enjoying the cash flows from it. Um, I wouldn't say that our, our portfolio of owners is, is particularly yield focused. We certainly have a few that are where their cost basis is low enough to deliver really substantial results. Um, The one, the one thing that I would warn, you know, people about, you know, short-term rentals is really being mindful about what you're purchasing, what you're purchasing it for, what your goals are. And of course, also like not overextending yourself in that, in that pursuit, because obviously, um, you know, when you have one asset, you know, you don't have a lot of diversification versus if you have exposure to dozens of assets, for example, And so it can be, it can be really tricky, but also of course, you know, an incredibly lucrative strategy. Um, I think that's one of the most interesting things about real estate is, um, it's all about like the work that you put in to finding incredible assets, operating them at an incredible level. Um, the diligence, the thoughtfulness, um, yeah, you, you really have to be be mindful, um, and especially from a yield perspective, I'd really focus on your cost basis, and then mm-hmm. I'd also remember that at the end of the day, this is a hospitality asset category. It's
0: mm-hmm. effectively
1: somewhere in between, you know, vaca- or, uh, in between single family homes and uh, hotels, uh, and so you, know, you kind of have to remember remember that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, buying buying an, un, an uninspiring home and just focusing on um, what it could do as a short term rental. Um, There's there's a lot of risk there.
0: Especially today, you know, and I'm sure you've seen this because you guys started in 2021 and then 2022, at least in the beginning, was like another banner year. Whereas now, I don't know if this is, I would love to hear if you're seeing a difference in revenue this year versus years prior. But especially today, you know, people... The customer is now expecting more from their short-term rental experience than what they were a few years ago. Like Airbnb Verbo Wander is now getting more mature. And so the customer base has standards that they're trying to meet. Um, and so, you know, we talk a lot about how that mediocre middle is the one or the is the asset class that's hurting the most. Like they don't fall into the super affordable range and they're not you know, gearing towards a client who maybe isn't as affected in today's economy. Have you seen a difference in revenue from when you started versus today? Are you seeing a stable line? Are you seeing growth? Are you seeing a decrease?
1: Yeah. So we're up about 5% year over year on top of 2022, uh, same store growth. Um, So we've been very fortunate. Um, But that's a result of a lot of optimizations that have happened on the platform. From conversion to remarketing, targeting, all these different things, like the speed of the platform, like all 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 those those pieces that you know, as an independent operator, you know, fall outside of your strategy. And so, you know, what I would say is is that, and, and I think a lot of operators have already focused on this, but um, a really easy way to think about it is: what are, what are your distribution channels? If you have just Airbnb and VRBO you're effectively reliant on them driving traffic to to your listing and then obviously them converting and you know checking out um, what happened as as the macro shifted is a lot of these larger organizations pulled back on their marketing spend mm-hmm. and that resulted in this pretty massive correction for a lot of short-term rental hosts who were saying like, where did all of this demand go? It, it's not necessarily the consumer softening as much as it is just a massive you know, shift in terms of ad spend and growth. And of course, too, you know, the, as the pandemic starts to you know wind down from a regulation perspective, you have people going back to school, going back to work. Those different pieces, though, still remote work is now at like an all-time high, and it'll stay at an all-time high for for quite a while. Um, So I I would say that one thing that I would highly encourage is is focusing on the marketing aspect. Places like your Instagram, you know, is there opportunities for SEO, direct booking sites? One of the cool things is that now a lot of platforms are starting to develop, you know, systems and direct booking and otherwise that are relatively easy to set up. To be clear, it 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 is a lot of work. And it's much easier when you can list on Airbnb and fill your property. Um... But that that's certainly starting to change to a certain extent. Um, so all you can do is really focus on the basics, quality of photos, quality operations. You know, start to add third party marketing channels. Really focus on your pricing. Is your pricing mm-hmm. above market clearing price? Is it is it too high? These are all the things that that Wander you know does as well. Um, and so certainly where I would recommend recommend focusing if you're seeing you know softening. Um, and then the other thing that I would do is also, of course, you know, from a personal perspective, make sure that you're really managing, you know, your leverage, your expenses, you know, as your top line begins to shift, making those adjustments. You know, if if you can cut your expenses by twenty percent and then increase your top line by five percent or ten percent, it's pretty meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the places that I would recommend for an independent, an independent operator. And then I'd, I'd also know too that. I I very much know how difficult it is um and you you are effectively a business owner. I mean you are a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um so I just want to like take a second to appreciate that <laughs> and the economic impacts that that everyone has, which I I think actually like most people don't realize the economic impact of effectively all these hotels that exist all across the United States and globally. It's it's really really incredible for the local communities. So
0: it really is. And, you know, there's there's so much talk in our space where sometimes like short-term rental owners and hosts are, you know, a little bit demonized for, you know, this problem or or that problem. But I think like how you've described, so many operators feel that they are offering this amazing Experience to people. They're putting their hearts into it. They're putting their souls into it. They care so much about like whether or not the guest is going to enjoy their experience. Like, I would say nine out of ten operators fit that demographic of person because. You know they wouldn't be a short-term rental operator otherwise. Like it is hard; it does require the hospitality and the interpersonal um, relationship with the guest. And so I, I think that you guys have just done a really good job of um, doing that consistently while scaling. How many properties do you guys have now?
1: Yeah, so we'll we'll be at about fifty by the end of the year. So we're starting to ramp up pretty quickly. Um, I think our forecasts for twenty twenty four will be be nearing 200 locations. And that's also when we plan on expanding internationally. Um, But of course, you know, there will be limiters to that, wanting to make sure that our quality is still up there, that we're still delivering that outperformance. All those different pieces are are really important to me to make sure that we're building a consistently strong foundation. So, you know, we, we are entering that phase of a startup's, you know, journey where the unit economics are positive. There's great product market fit. No, now is the time to to start to scale thoughtfully, Um, but I think thoughtfully is like the key word there, Um, Mm -hmm. because you know we're. It seems like we could build a pretty special company, Um, but you know I want to I want to measure twice and cut once. So
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite property out of the portfolio?
1: I do. Um, You know, it's interesting. Now I I used to be able to say it with confidence. when we owned all the homes because I was just picking of the homes we owned, I didn't have to worry about offending anyone. Um, (laughs) You know, I will say obviously that all of our, all of our homes are incredible. It's like the whole, whole point of the platform. Um, But I would say it's a tie right now between uh, Bandon beach and Bandon, Oregon on the coast. It's an incredible property. Um, And a new one that we just added in uh, Yellowstone. In Paradise Valley, uh, I was there two weeks ago, and um, it was just such an incredible like moment to just be looking at the mountains and, um, yeah, just just Montana has a special special way about it. So,
0: I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. And then tell me who your users are. Like, what do you know about the people that are booking these days?
1: Yeah, w- we know we know quite a bit, though. Obviously, like user and data privacy is is super important to us. So it's all like locked down on the platform. Um, But yeah, we, we know quite a bit. We know what areas they want to focus on. We know generally what age brackets and income brackets they fall into. Um, I I think that's probably one of the interesting things about Wander is, you know, our, our users are all like wealthy individuals um, Mm -hmm. who really can afford to travel and explore and experience uh, which is atypical compared to what you get on a, a lot of other other platforms. Um, mm. The one thing they all have in common is an abnormally high uh, amount of travel days per year. So our users will travel three to six weeks per per year, um, which is is pretty pretty substantial. Um, and that's 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 the average. And so. A lot of those users have now dedicated that time to just spend traveling on Wander uh, and will take, you know, a dozen plus trips a year uh, across the portfolio, which is a really, really cool dynamic. And I think that's also where our consistency kicks in mm-hmm. because they can go and stay at Malibu and know that it's going to be the same experience as Florida or New York or Colorado or wherever else. Uh, so that that repeat customer dynamic across the portfolio is is certainly a really valuable network effect for for Wander as a company.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people try to imagine like who is my customer going to be, who is my demographic going to be and I think you know, sometimes that takes, you know, maybe launching your first property and then replicating that. Like we'll have people that will gear towards families and they know all of the amenities that their families are looking for or they'll gear towards bachelorette parties and they know exactly what that type of demographic is for. And so I love that you guys know exactly who is staying in your property so you can continue to wow and and delight that customer.
1: Yeah, I would say... What's interesting with you describing it like that is that Wonder has effectively chosen who our audience is by crafting the portfolio in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we really did focus on these, you know, incredible homes and incredible destinations, you know, modern, beautiful. And as a result, that's what our customers like, uh, which is an interesting way of thinking about it. Wander could have started as a company that focused on, you know, family friendly options or bachelor parties or anything else. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really, it's a really interesting, yeah, it's a really interesting thought.
0: Yeah. You could have gone any, any way. There's another side to your properties where I would describe them as like very contemporary because they are so integrated with, like every property that you have is like right up on the ocean or right up on a mountain or big sweeping views and so i yeah there's definitely just such a consistency in the style like they're all very secluded too um and so yeah it's neat that you guys kind of carved out what your customer base would be based off of that product
1: yeah i think it's just something that like yeah that i would like candidly it's mm-hmm. like I want to stay on that house on a cliff. Like I mm-hmm. want to stay on that house on the beach. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a really it's a really wonderful observation around the product you create. You know, yes, your customers choose your product, but you also choose your customers, mm-hmm. and certainly interesting from a hospitality perspective, and probably also something I think that can be employed in a in a strategy for. You know, independent operators is mm-hmm. understand what's around you, and then focus on specific niches that could be hyper profitable. I think the you know batch to the rep party you know concept and orienting there is really thoughtful. Or for families, or remote work, um, yeah, amenitizing to that customer set could be could be really meaningful.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll have people all the time that are just like Chantal, I don't really care about the property. Like, just find me something that makes money. And I have, you know, in the beginning of my career, I was like, fine, like, you know, here's something that you can buy and you're going to make money and here's all the data that supports it. But I found, especially when they were operating it themselves and not outsourcing it, if they didn't get it, then they were not doing a good job marketing it. So when they would speak to a designer or if they decided to furnish it themselves, they were like, you know, I don't really get why anybody would stay here. It's not a property that I would stay in, but, you know, I see that there are other properties around it that are making money. Those people ended up being so much less happy than the people that understood why someone would want to stay there and bought something that made sense to them. And I think that you've created just like a business out of that and such a great product out of that desire to, you know, provide something that you would want to stay in
1: yeah absolutely I, I I'm a firm believer in the idea that the vacation rentals are a hospitality asset category and you may be able to generate a slight premium through you know the you know just through short term rental versus long term rental but I think that you know eventually in a perfectly efficient market it should it should compress down and so what you're left with if you want to have any type of you know extraordinary outperformance is you really have to focus on the types of places that people want to stay, and I think that that's something that, of course, you know, hotel companies and resort companies realize. Right, you make a choice as a hotel operator: do I want to have you know the Marriott that's next to the airport because it's you know great for you know that utilitarian use case of short-term short-term mm-hmm. travel, or do I want to have you know the Four Seasons in Bora Bora with the houses above the water, like, and and target that. And so it's really just a, a strategic choice. But for me, I I view it as a hospitality asset category and I want to fall into that, that ladder where uh, people open the door and they're like, this is, this is incredible. Um, Partially just because I think it's more fun. Um, So, yeah.
0: Love it. Well, to close this out, um, I know that you guys are actively looking for really unique properties. Are you looking at all markets? Like, are you taking on new people to be in the Wander community? I know you guys are super picky, but if someone thinks that they have an amazing property, is that something that you'd like to see?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We we operate all across the United States. That's sort of our big focus is geographic diversity, and that that's really for creating the network effects from a portfolio perspective. Um, We're always open to incredible and, and new homes. So if, if anyone listening, you know, obviously thinks that they they have one of those, you know, we're more than happy to to take a look. And if we have the bandwidth, we're happy to to onboard it. But yeah, for us, we're we're extremely, extremely thoughtful and wanna wanna do it right. I think a lot of people candidly screw up screw up this type of business. And um I want to avoid those pitfalls as much as I can. So
0: mm-hmm. and how can people like find more about wonder um how can they book their first day and i'll make sure to put all of this in the show notes too
1: yeah um it's funny it's like a plug at the end it's like buy my book um,
0: <laughs> do you have a book
1: <laughs> i don't No. maybe one day i'll write one Will be how the how the story goes um yeah we're we're wander wander.com with an a um so wander dot com and then we're at Wander on every social platform so Twitter Instagram TikTok if you use TikTok uh, so yeah that's that's us feel free to check it out explore if you have any thoughts or questions you can email support or talk to concierge um, and yeah really really appreciate um, you having me again this has been super special and you are remarkably lovely and um, I'm really grateful for the time.
0: So. Uh, John Andrew thank you so much for coming on I think that today was just so valuable And I'm just I'm lucky to have met you um, When you were here in town And I just I can't wait to see All that Wander does And becomes and I'm just A raving fan already and I can't wait to stay there
1: it means the world Thank you so much
0: Thank you As always thanks so much for listening
1: if you like this episode, please share it with a friend who's also interested in real estate investing. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a review wherever you listen or watch your podcasts.